Welcome back, World Cup soccer fans. We're here for Impact Sports at Michigan State University at Impact 89 FM. My name is Dan Cryer, and with me again today is Brooks Lambeer. Brooks, say hi to everybody. Hey, Dan. How's it going? Hey, man. Good. How you doing today? Good. Pretty good. Yeah? You in a good mood? I'm in a very good mood because the USA has advanced. Oh, my goodness. It happened. The United States made it through the group of death, much to our happy pleasure of watching yesterday. We watched as Portugal did what they did in 2002, which is defeat their last opponent of the group stage and gave the gave the USA a ticket to the knockout round. So uh, just uh, I, other than elation, what are your thoughts on the United States going going through to this knockout stage? It's going to be tough. Tough team again in, in uh, Belgium. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. And Brooks was the first person to pique my interest about Belgium because when we did a show a couple weeks ago, Brooks pointed out that many of the players on the Belgian squad play for the highest leagues, uh, like the uh, Premier League and different leagues. So, uh, Brooks, why don't you give us real quick just a rundown a couple players on Belgium that might give uh, problems to the United States here. Who we got to look out for? Well, you have Mario Fellaini, who plays for Manchester United, who wasn't quite good this club season, but watching him play in the group stage, he looked a lot more lively, running around a lot. They have great defenders, Thomas Vermarlin for Arsenal. Now let me real quick interject. So Fellaini, he's the guy with the big afro. Mm-hmm. He had a header in their second game or in their first game. He he got he came off the bench in the first game when they were down one nothing to Algeria. Mm-hmm. And it was an ins- so he really turned the tide for them. But yeah. he's the most recognizable visible guy. So yeah. he could give us some problems because he's yes. a good striker. Yes. And good defense and Thomas Vermarlin plays for Arsenal. Uh Verden Hagen that plays for Tottenham and Courtois who plays? Who was on loan for, to Atletico Madrid, but he plays for Chelsea. Chelsea owns him. Wow. Then you have Romeo Lukaku, who plays for Everton. Very strong uh, Josie Altador type-like player uh-huh. up front, up top. Uh, then you have... Company, uh, probably, right? Vincent. Yeah, Vincent Company in the back as well. Is he Man City? Yes. See, Man I'm City. learning. I'm learning from Brooks. And then Yanazai, who plays for Manchester United. He's only 19. Uh, he's very young. Uh, then you have uh, Mertens. Yeah, he scored a goal in that in that first game after Fellaini did. So yeah. he he was the go ahead game winner against Algeria. Yep. Then if Kevin Morales, who was one of the top scorers in the EPL, who played for plays for Everton, uh, and then you also have. Uh, who am I missing? Just lots of people. Look, you do. You have a lot here, of people. Here's the question that I have off of what you just said. I mean, look, these are these are the top tier because when you know you for the United States, Dempsey plays professionally in Europe or has. He's has, back in the U.S. Yeah. now, and uh, you know Josie Altador also. But uh, it, it does the United States have a legit chance of winning the game? Is my question for you? Well, it depends how they play. Uh, I, I, and that's the that's the always my one answer. I always give. Yeah, but um. What I mean, they have a strong midfield. Oh, I forgot. Aiden Hazard plays for plays for them. He's a Chelsea FC guy as See, well. It's just it's a it's embarrassment of riches. I mean, this is a it's a, a strong midfield. Yeah, it's a very strong midfield. It's it's very German like. It's it's maybe not maybe not as they're not as structurally sound because they haven't played together a mm-hmm. lot. But it is very they're very talented in the midfield and in the defense as well. And look at their goalkeeper. Their goalkeeper led Atletico Madrid to the Champions League final this year. So they're a stacked team. They just need to learn how to play together. So what does yeah. the U.S. have to do? Well, we're gonna have to defend. Exactly. And we're gonna have to try to break. We're gonna have to try to win second balls in the in the midfield, and we're gonna have to catch them off guard. I think. I think that's the only way we're gonna score is catching them off guard. Well, I looked. I mean, they they gave up the first goal to Algeria on a penalty kick in about the 25th minute of their opening match. They, like I said, they scored two late goals to win that game. Then they defeated Russia with one goal, and then they defeated South Korea yesterday. 
uh, while playing with a man down. And, and so they scored a total of four goals uh, in, in their three games, but they only yielded that first one. And all of their goals came late. So it, it's, it's one of these uh, situations where is Belgium kind of stalled out? Like, do they have it going on or are they on the brink of figuring it out? And that's what worries me going into this game is, has the real Belgian team showed up? Yes, they have nine points, but it was kind of a weak group. So, I mean, do you think that they're, because you, you picked Belgium to go to the finals. Do you think that they have what it takes based on what you saw in the group stage? I think they do if they figure it out. If they get the early goals and then, if they get an early goal and then they <sighs> get one bad. more, it's going to be bad. Yeah, 2 nothing deficit, it's going to be game over yeah so it's it's gonna be yeah it'd be bad and they don't and you don't want anyone to score first anyways and especially yeah. early so that's you know one thing the u.s has to prepare themselves for now and this the cool thing about this world cup is there's about three goals being scored per match and that's the highest since 1958 uh it's amazing i mean it's beautiful to watch all the amazing goals that have been scored because these are legitimate goals that have been scored and um you know it's just it's a historic world cup going on so i'm just looking for the entertainment value of this because uh, you don't know what's going to happen like you said it depends on how you play and the united states showed last sunday they can go a goal down and strike twice in the second half. This is a U.S. that would have never happened, right? In the past, you United States would never come back and get two goals in in second half. Yeah, I think the mentality they have now is 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 higher. It's it's improved since since the '06, you know, '010 World Cups. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's that that's a really important thing to have. You know, be able to to get that goal you gave up out of your mind and just keep pressing. And I, I honestly think they play better when they're a goal yeah. down. They look too, Isn't they, it funny? They they get angry. That's what they did against yeah. Portugal. They said, "We no time to to mess around anymore. Let's just go do it." And some teams play better that way. It's just something they they just click. And I think they play a little too comfortably sometimes. They need to yeah. get out and play a little. That's what I saw yesterday. I mean, the United States, I think, mentally said to themselves, we need to play for a tie because that's the best case scenario against Germany. So they really packed it in the beginning. They tried to open it up a little bit. I don't think Michael Bradley had the best game. He's not having the best World Cup so far. And so the U.S. didn't, even when Germany scored, I think they were just holding their breath for Portugal to hopefully win. And, and thank thank goodness that happened. And but, um, you know, Klinsman sounded pretty confident going into the press conference. He said, and he pointed out correctly, the knockout stage is a brand new World Cup. If you make it, there's no more counting goals or anything. It's looking at your opponent, breaking them down individually, game by game, and working your way up. So, yeah. I mean, uh, and now the, the question I want to ask you, that this is on my mind. We talked about this last week. Josie Altidore, he suffered a hamstring injury in the, in the United States' first game against Ghana and had to come out very early. Do you think there's a chance that they start him just to see if he can run? You know, don't risk him as a substitute that you're going to need to take out. But do you think that there's a chance we, we put him in there just to maybe get some element of danger for, for Belgium to worry about? Well, I've seen some reports where he's kind of lightly jogging, which okay. is a good sign. Um, and it's, you know, it's, there's still a couple of days away from this game. Yeah, so, Tuesday. Yep. So okay. hopefully he recovers and why not? Why not start him? Let's, that's that's let's, my thought. Let's see. Let's see what we can do because I think we're mo- we're the we're more we're the most dangerous when Josie Altidore is at right. top, and you have Clint Dempsey playing under him, and he's playing a great tournament. I've never seen Clint Dempsey this determined. I mean, when do you, it, he he's got crushed with a foot to the face and broken nose in the Ghana game, and it just that's the that's the American team that we want. We want a guy that gets kicked in the face and stands right back up and says, "I don't care," because he scored early in the Ghana game, and then he he, he got that in important go-ahead goal against Portugal. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, have you ever seen Dempsey play this well? Um, <clears throat> in the APL, he, he had a bit of a, 
an edge to him. I felt like when he was with Fulham because oh, that yeah. was a lower end EPL club. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even with Tottenham, he had to earn a spot with this good Tottenham team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their top top six team in the league, yeah. which is pretty good. Uh, so I I've seen him play with an edge, but I think it's good he's playing with the more of an edge at, in the national team. I think it's sometimes it's hard to find. Because you're with your club team so much more yeah. than you are with your your international sure. team, so it's hard to find that edge amongst the group of players you have, because you're all everyone's still feeling each other out, and and you're not sure like you know how far you can push each other, or you know how you know how much you can yell at each other. Right, you're trying to gain some cohesiveness, and yeah. you know what moves you know like like Brooks and I played on a summer league uh, basketball team here at Michigan State this summer, you know, and it. We learn people's strengths and weaknesses, and we, you know, certain certain things. And I think that's what the U.S. team has done really well since they got to Brazil, because there was the big shakeup with Donovan not being on the team, and they, you know, as as the cliche would go, the trains left the station. They're going to go, and I think they've done a good job pulling together. So I mean, and and Dempsey's the man. I so I, I think if if there's any way to get Altidore in the game to take some pressure defensive pressure off of Dempsey that might that might open it up and then we'll see a USA team you know yeah. that really can strike well a good team good player a good, another good player too is um a young guy is DeAndre Yedlin the 20 year old for the mm-hmm. Seattle Saunders who played at Akron University mm-hmm. uh you know he's shown that he can play and he can run up and down the sideline he had the assist or well he had the pass <clears throat> was it the, the, the cross for the second goal in Portugal yes, he crossed it was it, great and then a you know, then, then kind Bradley of got around. it. He mm-hmm. around. Bradley got, but he got down. He got down the line, and he can beat players. That's important, yes. especially late in games. Like you can, it's good to know that you can bring someone on like that, and he can, and he can really make an impact in, on the game. Yeah, and I think it's an important thing that the United States did face Germany, and yes, they lost one to nothing, but they held their own. There were very few scoring opportunities, but. I think that's like, you know, working with the heavy bag. I Yes, Belgium is good, but I don't think they're on Germany's level. So I think the U.S. can go into that game with confidence, knowing, okay, we know what it's like to have, you know, this machine just weighing down on us. Now maybe we get some freedom to operate and get, you know, the guys up the sideline, like you're saying, get some crosses in there. I mean, they played them before. They played them last fall, and they lost 4-3. But that was a different Belgian team because you had Christian Benteke, who was a great goal scorer for Aston Villa. Yeah in the EPL and he, he got hurt in the EPL season. So, you know, uh, Lukaku's not Benteke, but Lukaku's good. So, you know, that that's why I said like this Belgium team's still trying to find, figure out each yeah, other. Yeah, this is to me, I mean, cause I've followed world cups very closely over the years and Belgium has never made a run in my lifetime in any tournament, a knockout stage. I mean, they've, they've gone through before, but they, they just kind of, you know, get to the maybe quarterfinals or something. So this is a brand new Belgian team. It's probably the most confident they ever could be with the most talent. And now, like I said, we're seeing this United States team that I've never seen. You know, the 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 goal that the United States got late against Ghana that was unbelievable because it was just so such a good header by Jonathan Brooks, and then and which whose name Brooks likes, <laughs> and and then and then for the United States to not only come back and tie Portugal but to take the lead that was great. So because because and and it was just a, so this United States team has a lot to feel confident about, and they don't need to worry about any other game or any other team. I think they 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 knew that they probably weren't going to win Group G. Would you agree? They probably were thinking we're going to play Belgium. I, I think that was on their mind. I, I mean, as part of the plan. I mean, unless Germany screwed up really badly in that first game, yeah. but you, I mean. I don't. I wouldn't doubt Germany could could lose the first game and win the next two, and you know, yeah, with, 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 with anything that could happen with the other three teams in the group. So, so this is right where the United States probably expected to be. 
you know, second place team, it, best case scenario, it happened. I mean, like, and and I just want to say, you know, there there was a lot written in, after last Sunday when the United States yielded that last goal, and that was unfortunate because there was no guarantees, you know, and so, um, but but really, the United States got that point. If they wouldn't have gotten the tie, they would have been stuck on three, and there would have been no hope. I mean, unless they would have defeated Germany. So, uh, you know, really commendable effort for the for the Portugal game, and and I mean, just talk for a second, uh, you know, on your thoughts thoughts about how 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 teams structure these three games i mean it's not the group stage is totally different than the knockout stage it is i think people don't understand the group stage real because it's like we have to throw our best team out there all the time well you are but you're throwing in different formations you're figuring out what what formation do you need to play in order for you to get that draw or to get the win and in for instance, let's look at Netherlands. So when they play Spain, they play a three-five-two. Okay. They want to pack the midfield because they know if Spain can't move the ball in the midfield, they can't get it from the back to the midfield to the front. Okay. Which you know they that's what they did. They stopped, and then they come out the next game, and, and they, they tweet- counterattacked. Right. That was the, yeah. the big thing on Spain: stop them in the mid- midfield, and then mm-hmm. get it up to Robin, and that's what they did. And they yeah. they struck quick and yeah. often. Yeah. And then the second game, they changed up a little bit. They still went with three in the back, but they kind of went like a three-four-two-one type mm-hmm. of thing where. But they still pressed forward um, with their with their offense. They're still playing together. But like if you look, like if you looked at the, how Belgium played the three games, they played different formations. But mm-hmm. but it, it was it was to their strong points. But it was just it's just showing you how versatile you need to be in the group stage. Yeah, you got to change up because the second game uh, and what what Netherlands did in the second game was against Australia. They got a quick goal, and then what Brooks thinks, I'm going to speak for Brooks, is the goal of the tournament was, uh, you know, huh. Cahill's volley from about 20, 20 yards out. I mean, Australia hung well and scored, but uh, but Netherlands showed that they want to really, you know, defend well and then get it up to per- Van Persie, get it up to, to Robin. Mm-hmm. It's about, it's and they look like the most dangerous team. Yeah. I mean, we're going to get into the other games here for the tournament. Um, but, um, you know, I mean, I think the United States has shown, as, as Brooks just pointed out, that if you awaken the sleeping giant and hopefully they can get awake without giving up an early goal, the U.S. has some an element of danger that, that never they never possessed before. Yeah, so. I mean, I like against Germany, there were some opportunities on the counter they had. It's just that they had heavy legs and they needed yeah. like the next thing is the biggest the other thing than condi- than keeping your formation is your conditioning. Like your you need to manage your minutes, as yeah. they say. So when is it? When do you need to chase down? Uh, you know, go chase down teams in the in their defensive third with your with your offense, or when you know, do you want do your defenders need to make runs down the line uh, on the offensive attack? It's all about managing your minutes and just picking out that times. And this is a young U.S. team. Mm-hmm. Let's, I mean, let's not. Let's yeah. not take that for granted. This is the Julian Green's young, DeAndre say, Yedlin's the, the, young. Yeah, the, the German Americans that Jurgen Klinsmann mm-hmm. put on the team. These are young teams. And how old yeah. is Jermaine Jones? I mean, he's he's been around for a few years. He's been around for a while. He's, he really had he had yeah. amazing goal versus. Uh, yeah. But you're talking about the youth. I'm apologize. No, that's right. No, it's just it's a young team, and it's a team that doesn't know each other very well. Mm-hmm. So um, I mean, they played together, yes, but it's not like the Germans where they played together since they were 21. Sure. And they've gone on to play on the national team together. This is this is whole this is different and everyone needs to figure out each other, figure out who 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 gets winded faster, yeah, uh, who's in shape, who's not, and and then that's where the things kinda come where you, let's let's push each other to do to do more, to do better. 
And totally, you know, it, it's a combination of youth and kind of like that. And plus, I like that. I mean, it's it's there's an element of wild card to us because Jonathan Brooks he played on the under twenty team that mm-hmm. that uh, th- for Germany on the mm-hmm. German national team. So did Fabian Johnson the twenty one team. Oh wow! See, yeah. and so these guys, I mean, they're they're talented. Jurgen Klinsmann's smart to get them here, and so may- maybe these guys are superstars in the making. We just don't even know yet. So mm-hmm. there could be something coming on in this next game, and potentially we'll talk about this in a second here. Potentially. If the U.S. wins, it looks like they will play Lionel Messi and Argentina. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if the United States gets an opportunity to play Argentina? How amazing would that be? I, I think it'd be interesting to play Brazil, but I, I mean, Argentina. I guess Lionel Messi is the best player in the world. But yeah. if you think about it, Lionel Messi didn't have the greatest season this year. Mm-hmm. He was you know a little injured, but he and he wanted to prepare for the World Cup, but. And he has four goals with along with uh, Thomas Mueller but he and uh, and uh, who else has four goals right now? I'm trying to think. Uh, some, there's uh, Neymar, a, yeah, Neymar, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, yeah, Brazil's Neymar. So uh, that's the that's where the U.S. would be looking mm-hmm. for a quarterfinal game because Argentina played Switzerland, who yeah. finished uh, in second place to France. So and without Messi, they wouldn't really be anywhere because he saved them against from getting a tie against Iran. He scored two goals in their uh, final game, um, so uh, against Nigeria. That to tie it, you know, it was two two, and then uh, I think uh, that I can't remember who got the third goal. Rojo, no, I'm trying to think who got the third goal for Argentina. But I mean, Argentina has looked uh, like they can they can be attacked. You know, they their their defense has led in some goals mm-hmm. and and hasn't looked that strong. So I'm I'm not in no way does my brain picture the United States making it to the to the you know the semifinals. But it's a possibility. I, I would love to see the United States beat Belgium just mm-hmm. to give us the opportunity to play Argentina. Yeah. I mean, if you look at all these teams that advanced to the next round of 16. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can look look at this. So Netherlands is very can be very vulnerable their defense because they counter they they attack so much. Same okay. with Chile, mm-hmm. they're very vulnerable as well. Uruguay, Argentina, uh, the really only sound teams that are very solid everywhere. I feel is Germany. Germany, that's their first. And then team. USA were pretty solid everywhere. Yeah. Colombia has really impressed me so much because mm-hmm. James Ramirez and mm-hmm. and uh, James Rodriguez, excuse yeah. me, mm-hmm. and um, uh, boy, they look really tough. And so. Costa Rica's solid too. Yeah, so this is this will be interesting. This then round I'm going to throw a game at you, and we're going to talk about these other games because we talked about the U.S. and Belgium a lot. But the one that sticks out to me as being the most interesting because the U.S. is very familiar with Mexico. Mexico has looked as good as they could possibly look. They they had two goals taken away, but defeated Cameroon. One, one to nothing. They played a great 0-0 tie against Brazil, and Ochoa, the goalkeeper, was magnificent. And then they they did the work they had to do against Croatia. They scored two goals, and then a third goal. Croatia, I think, got a garbage goal at the end. But uh, Mexico scored uh, that 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 header and uh, took took it. So Mexico's really uh, at the tip top of their of their uh, national team. And what do they get? Netherlands, who's looked the best of any team, I think. So what do you think, uh, can you expect from this matchup? Well, Robin Van Persie, he couldn't play last game, so he's got extra rest, yeah. which is never a good thing because no. he's a great goal scorer. I, I just don't think Mexico has has the slightest chance to even advance. Interesting. See, that's the thing. I mean, Robin, Aaron Robin, he had an opportunity in 2010 to to score a winning goal, but he was coming straight on Casillas, and it, he didn't he didn't score. And I he just looks to me like a guy who's been just brooding over that for four years. And now 
He has just laser beamed some shots in there. I mean, this you know, guy. Do you know how many times the Netherlands have been to the finals? They've never won. I, I know, believe like it's three I think or it's four. Three or four. It's, yeah. And there's one. The one other time is they advanced to the 16 and they they were knocked out. But they this is like the biggest power country that's never won a World Cup. And, and they've I never they been won. hungrier. Yeah, they've never been hungrier right now. So I think they really wanted. And this even because Chile is looking good, Chile is going to play Brazil. Netherlands held them to zero zero and then scored. Two second half goals on beautiful headers. I mean, they were beautiful crosses. It was almost like the guy the guy was, I don't know, forty five inch vertical. He was up in the air and headed it in. And then Robin crossed another one that got that got put in. I mean, they look like they're ready to roll because th- if they do defeat Mexico, which I do expect as well, then they have what Costa Rica, who's um, unbelievable. They won their group. Um, you know, and Costa Rica uh, we'll play Greece. Greece got in with a penalty kick at the very last minute over Ivory Coast. So, I mean, like, do, do you think Costa Rica can continue what they're doing and defeat Greece? I, I expect so. What do you I, think? I think so. I, I think Greece, uh, they're just not, they're not, a, they're they're more offensive than they have been in the past, but I just don't think with the way Costa Rica's playing yeah. and, you know, the group they came out of, I, I think, I mean, at least from what I've seen, yeah. that they should win, but... You never know because they could be too confident, and then Greece can come up. Yeah, and, beat them. and Greece is the type of team that did exactly what they did. They they're like what the U.S. did four years ago. They they never really had any point in the three games where they felt confident or really. And at the very end, they they tie the game, and it's still looking good for Ivory Coast. And then Greece gets a, a penalty kick and nails it. Samras puts it in yep. right at the very end of the game. I mean, heartbreaking for Ivory Coast. Just my heart goes out to them because they they really had they were so close. They even subbed in defensive subs. And it just didn't happen. But now Costa Rica gets the opportunity. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Netherlands is going to play Costa Rica. And then Argentina, I think, will advance. So mm-hmm. I think we're looking at which Netherlands-Argentina would be the semifinal game. That they definitely have met in the World Cup finals maybe once or twice. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, that's that side. I mean, that's just I'm pretty sure we're going to see Argentina and Netherlands. I mean, the way things go. And then tomorrow, the first game is uh, Brazil and Chile. So, I mean, do you think that that's just going to be a steamroll for Brazil, I mean Chile's a good team, but we're we're looking at Neymar and all these guys in Brazil and their home crowd, and the the refs maybe give them a little extra. I don't know. I mean, don't run out uh, Alexis Sanchez mm-hmm. for um, the Chileans. For Chile, yeah, for mm-hmm. Chile. I mean, the, Neymar does play with them at FC Barcelona, but don't don't rule that out because uh, Chile can score, and if you put Brazil on their heels and. Like I've said through all our podcasts, and, and I've always said, Brazil's under so much pressure because the last oh, yeah. time it was in Brazil in 1950, they lost in the finals. Yeah, against and Uruguay. you're right against Uruguay. He, yeah, you were correct about that. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because uh, you know the Chileans they they are the ones who sent Spain packing home because Spain was saying, all right, we lost five one to uh, Netherlands. Let's just go out and beat Chile and put everything back in track. Nope, it was a two nothing loss, and that was it for Spain. So Chile ha- was already through to the second round. And when they played Netherlands, so I don't think you know people might be saying, "Oh, they lost to Netherlands, not gonna be good." But yes, I think there's a possibility for a shocker tomorrow, and that would—I mean, the whole country would be heartbroken. So I kind of would like to see Brazil stay in it because I don't want there to be a, a damper. But you know, just that—that's a—that's a matchup that definitely could go either way. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, it could go penalty kicks. I don't know, but uh, Neymar's shown the striking ability, so you know, I think that he might knock in a couple goals. Maybe. Has he impressed you much, Neymar, for, um, for all the hype? Because he seems to be living up to it. Not as much as in the Confederations Cup. Yeah. He was great in the Confederations Cup. But, yeah. um, you know, but Brazil's balanced. And, 
like if Chile doesn't watch out, they don't they get caught out. They're not gonna be able to recover. So. Yeah, yeah. Now the other game tomorrow uh, to start off the first day of the knockout stage is Colombia and Uruguay, and we will just give a brief uh, moment to this because I don't think the guy deserves that much ta- uh, time. And it's Luis Suarez. And uh, last week we were talking about you know how they Uruguay defeated England and Suarez redeemed himself two goals. You know. Put the put the horrible past and all the indiscretions that he's done in the in the past, and finally, you know, he he got on the team. He did it. He, you know, he overcame the knee injury. And then what's he go and do? You know, it was a zero zero game against Italy. It looked like Uruguay was going to be out, and that's the reason that I that I want to like criticize the guy. At the time that he bit the player, it they would have been out. But then a minute later, after that, you know, it rattles corner the kick. defense. Corner kick. Uruguay scores, so Uruguay goes through. Italy does not. I mean, it's it's just it's. I've never seen it. It doesn't even make rational sense that a person bites. I just it's it, his brain must just snap off because obviously there's a hundred cameras on him at all times. Yeah. I mean, have you? Can you even fathom? Because we were texting each other during the game. Like I can't, can't believe it. I mean, what were you thinking when you saw that? Well, at least didn't do a Mike Tyson and bite Holyfield. Yeah, off thank goodness. Yeah. But um, it's just bizarre, isn't it? You know, I mean, it's a guy that I've I've tweeted about that said mm-hmm. in that England game. He, this guy can be one of the greatest players in the world if he Ever. wants to be, but so he's sad. not going to have that status if he if he can't go to therapy or control himself. Yeah, I think it's done now because we we as a society, even in the world sporting society, we're willing to give people you know one or two chances to redeem themselves, and then when you see because you're thinking about 2010 with the handball that he intentionally did against Ghana, and and even I defended that because I said, what do you want the guy to do? Let the goal score. You know, so he he handballs and then the guy misses the pe- the penalty shot, or the penalty kick for Ghana, and then it goes to penalty kicks and Uruguay moves on to the next round, and then so he comes back and redeems himself, and then he he just does something like this, and it's just horrible. It's just a weird thing, and then to watch Italy get rattled by it and give up the goal, I just you know, I, it's and, almost like <sighs> it's almost like you know Italy has problems with Balotelli. It's almost like Uruguay has problems with. With Suarez, but it's a little different though because Balotelli kind of gets into it with his teammates, whereas yeah. Suarez doesn't. He gets Suarez gets into it with the opponents, but yeah. it's still kind of a similar thing. Where it is, why would you Dis- do like why would you do that at that time and get a yellow card or bite someone? At yeah, that time? I mean everybody deals with frustration. Like I mentioned, our summer league basketball games. Like I mean, there were times. And trust me, I am not a tough person, but there's times I get angry and somebody push me out, I'll push them back just because that happens in adrenaline. When you're in sport, it happens in every sport. People get mad. Maybe not golf. Maybe you, that's where you break the golf club. But the thing is, the thought to bite the guy, the guy wasn't physically pushing him. It wasn't a retaliatory bite. It was just a, I've gone off the deep end. So, mm-hmm. I mean, so, and so the bottom line is FIFA suspended him four months, nine games. I don't really care about it. They got him out of the tournament. They they, they gave him a ticket and said, GTFO Brazil. Like, mm-hmm. dude, no thanks. And because he, it just puts a, he put a stank on the last World Cup because of his handball. He put a stank on this one. So like, stop ruining our World Cup. And like, you're, you're historically like, Never gonna live. I don't care what he does past this point. I mean, and and hopefully he can redeem himself. But can you see any way of his career 
not being just a horrible tumultuous downfall from here. I mean, I mean he's kind of play a lot of seasons by not, you know, biting anyone or 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 taking people out, slide tackling them yeah, or something. Anything you know? he does in the slightest way for the yeah. rest of his life is going to be scrutinized even more. And we do like, I mean, we're fascinated. Mike Mike Tyson, you you mentioned him. I mean, that man went to jail for for a rape conviction. You know what I mean? And then and and now he has like a Broadway show about his life because what we do is we we analyze what what was his upbringing and and yes, he's had some victimization in his own life and obviously in sports. When certain people are used to winning and then the frustration arises, then it manifests itself in these weird ways because, and it's, it's like a kid pouting on the basketball, like I'm going to take my ball home. You know, I'm not winning, so I'm leaving. And that's what I feel. It's, so it's just, it's just a stink. So I, I would really hope because James Rodriguez is on Colombia, and they're playing Uruguay tomorrow. I just, that man, James Rodriguez is insanely good he's 22 years old he's like a virtuoso he just reminds me of you know uh uh the best painter he's an artist with the ball he's great he's a picasso of soccer he's like a maradona you know the guy's just great so uh, i i would hope that james rodriguez gets them through so that we can see a colombia brazil matchup is that something you possibly see in the in the future here? i think colombia is gonna win yeah i mean with what uruguay is dealing with yeah they're not going to, because they're going to have to put Forlan in there maybe. And I mean, he's four years later than last year. I mean, so I don't, I don't think they're going to have a chance against Columbia, who's the hottest team. I mean, in the, in the tournament, they, they can do no wrong. So uh, then that brings us down to the bottom left-hand corner of the bracket. We have France and Nigeria. Quickly, uh, Brooks, why don't you just uh, explain why France is going to destroy Nigeria? Oh, just the talent level. Kareem Benzema, uh, Bob Buenas played well. Uh, they have a, uh, Oh, um, Paul Pogba. You like yes, him? Yes, I like Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba is very good. Plays for Ed Juventus. Yoris, mm-hmm. uh, who plays for Tottenham, the goalkeeper there. The, all, 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 just in general, they're just, they're just too strong. And they're playing Nigeria. confident ball. They scored yeah. five goals against Switzerland. They played a zero-zero tie in their final game just because they didn't care. They there was nothing they had. I mean, they they had it in the bag. So, mm-hmm. and Nigeria is a a good team, and that's very commendable that they got into just like the United States. But I don't think that there's a chance Nigeria can stop the right. the France assault. So that one's just kind of easy. Which would then set up a France Germany quarterfinal game because Germany's playing Algeria, and Algeria's. Uh, gone way past expectations. They look they look really great on yeah. on offense. I mean, they scored that first goal against Belgium, but they they um, they really took out South Korea. They scored four goals against South Korea, and then they were down one nothing to Russia. So they were looking at goodbye to the tournament. But then they scored on a corner kick yesterday, yeah. which there was a uh, like laser beams being shown yeah, shined into the, the eyes of the keeper. I didn't yeah. like that at all. And no. he was trying to get the ref's attention, and then then they scored on that. So that was kind of what I call shenanigans. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, oh well, it's just the way uh, Algeria is a good team. They just didn't need to shine laser beams to get the goal. You know, it's just like the biting thing. It just it makes the tournament seem a little weird. It's childish. It is. So I mean, but Germany and Algeria, they're not on the same level. Just like United States is not on Germany's level. So I think yeah. Germany's going to score two or three goals there and defeat them pretty easily. Oh. Yeah, for sure. So, so then, if I were to then present to you as we finish off here, so if, if I'm going to say we got Colombia, Brazil, and then we got France and Germany, what two teams do you think is going to meet up? Is it going to be your standard Germany Brazil semifinal game coming up there? Can we even prognosticate that far into the future? Or we uh, just got to take this game at a time. I'm okay. Let's make it. Predict- I'm going to go Brazil. Uh huh. Over Germany. France is playing so well. Oh, okay. and they have such a good squad. Okay. So Brazil and Brazil France met I, for the 1998 World Cup final, which was in Paris. So I I don't know if who's going to win that game. The France Germany game. That's something I have to one. watch, and I, I know I, 
and both either could win. And then, like I've been saying, like James Rodriguez, this guy is just on fire. Like he is hitting. He's like a Shabazz Napier was in the NCAA tournament. Like the guy can do no wrong. So I could see him carrying Colombia to a shock over Brazil all the way to the finals because Colombia has, uh, you know, uh, they had that great uh, build up to the 1994 World Cup that ended so tragically for them after they lost to the United States, and then they had, uh, you know, players were murdered. I mean, I think they have a, uh, they want to break through and. I, the talent level I've seen in Colombia. So I just keep your eye on Colombia is what I want to say yeah. on that. And then I'm looking at the other side. looks like Netherlands, Costa Rica. I mean, we think we could both agree mm-hmm. Netherlands is going to bust out of that one. Yeah. And uh, and then Argentina, I mean, they're going to defeat Switzerland, I would, you would think. But Switzerland's not a terrible team. It's possible that they could upset Argentina, USA, Switzerland, USA, uh, Netherlands, and then uh, <laughs> USA in the third place game. <laughs> so, But I, I, we're looking, I think, if I were to take the safe bet it would be a Netherlands Brazil. They're probably the two number one seeds from each side of the bracket. You know, everyone loves the home team. I don't love them. Yeah, I, d- I don't. I don't love them because because they have so much pressure on them. Yeah, and just from the first, like the first game was was a joke. Like the couple calls against yeah, Croatia. That's what I'm saying though. The refs. That's the reason that I think they they can get through is because referees in home World Cups tend to look past a couple things here and there. Yeah, but but Netherlands and Germany are better solid teams. Yes, and I think. They've played together enough where they can get past that. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying if the Brazil's going to rely on the calls they're going to get, mm-hmm. they'll have to flop a lot of those players mm-hmm. anyways, mm-hmm. like Neymar and everyone. I, I just don't. I just don't see that. I just don't see it happening. I think they're going to. They're not going to make it to the final Brazil. Wow. Wow. That's a bold statement. Okay. Because I expect to see them there. So and I mean and just to kind of put a final stamp on everything that I'm seeing in the in the last two weeks. Without a doubt, in my mind, this is the most amazing, most beautiful, and most controversial in some place World Cup that I've ever seen. Because the goals are being scored so highly, and if we look at who's still around, we got the powers of the Brazil, the Netherlands. You know, we got Germany and France mm-hmm. are there. We have Argentina there, and thank goodness the United States is there. And and then you have a team like Colombia that could be a dark horse, a team like Brazil that could be a dark, or uh, Belgium that could be a dark horse, or Chile or Chile or yeah. or Costa Rica. So what this is shaping up to be the most amazing World Cup ever. I mean, I I can't believe it. And and the goals are being scored by the the stars: Messi scoring, Neymar scoring. Germany's got Mueller scoring. I mean, this guy Shakir, Shakiri for Switzerland had a hat trick in last mm-hmm. game. Maybe he's got more goals in him. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a it's just enjoyable. So, like, hey, is there anything uh, that really sticks out that's been been crazy for you in the last couple of weeks that you've watched that you didn't expect or anything? I, I just think with the the teams that are playing higher caliber are just surprising the, the larger nations such as Costa Rica. No I think kidding. I think that's great for Concacaf. Yeah. I mean, we have there's two Concacaf teams in here, which is great for Concacaf. Oh, no, there's three. Three, I Mexico, three. Costa Rica, Mexico. And, and United States all on the right side of the bracket, yeah. too. Interesting. And I think that's a great thing. And I am an underdog guy. I like to see the underdogs win. Right, right. I don't like to see the powers win groups all the time. So sure. I think this is a great—you have a great—this has been a great versatile World Cup where you've seen powers advance, but you've seen powers been upset by countries that people don't expect to beat them. So Yeah. Well, dude, I, I just—I— want to just tell you how much fun I've had, you know, breaking down the World Cup with you for the last couple of weeks and watching games because, you know, it's every four years you you say, well, there's always a chance it's just not going to be very good. What are you guys holding your breath? What are you so happy for during the qualifying? Why are you paying so much attention to who's on the team? And then you see all these stories playing out. Like, why are people paying so much attention to Luis Suarez? And then 
all these stories are coming together at the right time and it's all coming. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure for everybody listening too, it's been such an enjoyable World Cup and you can see the television ratings. They said 6.3 million people watched the U.S. game against Germany. It, it over flooded the, um, the, the streaming on uh, the watch ESPN. Yeah. So, I mean, that's an unprecedented World Cup as far as media coverage and media consumption. So uh, mm-hmm. it's all coming together, man. I think, and let's, let's go USA. Come on, USA, Brazil. I do want uh, them to advance, but I... <laughs> Like I said, my dark horse is Belgium. I know. This is Isn't so controversial. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, I think like if if the United States just comes out, they play with play for some respect. No matter what the outcome, just play tough, and then nobody's gonna begrudge them for anything if we lose because mm-hmm. of because it made it to the out of the group of death. And uh, you know, it's a it's it's the thing that'll just keep people positive about their soccer team, which we should have, especially you know, looking forward to the next World Cup. I think we've done enough now to make the excitement to build up for Russia mm-hmm. 2018. Yes. So that's really cool. Well, uh, thank you. So that's Brooks Lambeer, and I'm Dan Cryer. So Brooks, you want to say goodbye to everybody? Yes, uh, it's been fun, and hope we're going to be back again, definitely, and hopefully get a video next time yeah. and a podcast. But we'll see what happens. Yep. But it's been fun and. I can't wait for these games. Yeah, man. Well, cool. That's Brooks. I'm Dan. And uh, yeah, just uh, enjoy the World Cup because we are. So everybody take care and we'll uh, talk to you later. See ya. Bye.